This recording is a production of Faith Builders Educational Programs. This presentation was recorded at Teachers Week 2018, held at Faith Builders on July 31 to August 3. Very well, let's begin with a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, this opportunity to sit together and think about life, think about the events around us, uh, how they affect us, uh, how we can effectively uh, help the next generation to think about those events. Uh, Lord, if there's ever a day when we need some discernment, it is today. And so I pray that as we discuss things and talk about things, uh, do give us a spirit of discernment, a spirit of wisdom, uh, to understand the times in which we live and to gain capacity to speak into it from whatever perspective we have. So be with us today and help us to be faithful. We pray it in Christ. Amen. Begin with a story. Um, I had a world cultures teacher in public school. His name was Mr. Dolly, 10th grade. This is about 1970. Maybe a little, he might have been 69. I can't remember for sure. Um, if you're from Kansas, you might recognize this story or be aware of it at least, that one of the Amish bishops, I think, uh, in Kansas was thrown into prison because uh, he did not send his children to school. And Kansas had a law that said that they had to go to school. Mr. Dolly, it's not a Mennonite. I'm probably the only Mennonite in the class. Uh, I graduated in a class of 720 or something like that. So there's 2,000 in the school. I'm just this little guy, still am, back there in that corner. Uh, and Mr. Dolly's teaching. His method was this. Every morning, he would get the newspaper out. He held the newspaper up. And he'd look over this crowd of 35 students, and uh, he would read an article of some kind, and then he would say, well, what is your opinion? Silence. Not a word. Probably very few people would even read the story. Who knows? And, uh, and then he would give us normally a five-minute uh, lecture about the current events and how we ought to be involved. Well, one morning he gets up and he reads this Amish story about this, uh, this uh, Amish preacher being thrown in prison. And after he gets finished with his story, he says, well, now what's your opinion? So timid little me, and I really was quite timid in those days, believe me. I raised my hand and I said, well, Mr. Dolly, I think that every parent in this nation should have the opportunity to educate their children as they jolly well please. He dropped the newspaper on the floor. <laughs> and he said, finally, somebody has an opinion in this class. <laughs> I can't even remember if he agreed with me or not, but I got straight A's the rest of the <laughs> What did he teach? Was this homework? This was world cultures. World cultures. World cultures. And so it was a fascinating uh, uh, class, but I, what... In reflection on it, my main point is this. It was like there was no response, almost all year long. Just a dullness, so. Yeah, okay, let's, let's get on. Let's get on to the next point. <laughs> well, we want to do something different than that with current events. I shouldn't say something different what Mr. Dolly was doing. He was doing well. He was trying hard, but it was very, he could not, didn't seem to be able to pull the students on board with him. I hope that uh, perhaps we can do better than that. It's not my purpose this morning to actually say, well, how can we stimulate interest? I, the the uh, uh, description in your, in your uh, uh, brochure uh, goes something like this. Should current events be taught as a one-time-per-week class, a five-minute reference and review, or simply integrated into class discussions? Well, that's one, one question. Second, how can the teacher maximize the nearly universal interest? Pause button. Remember 1970s, it, it, this is a Vietnam warrior. This is when all of, this, it's a hippie era. When I saw this statement, I thought again, well, apparently there was not universal interest in those days because nobody would respond in the class. 
But still, there's an interest there, I think. So how can we maximize that? How can the teacher develop an alertness to connections between typical lesson content and what is current news? That's the subject matter here. I have a question for you. How many of you do teach current events in a specific way? Can you raise your hand? Got one. Okay. Uh, I don't see that as a negative, but I just was curious as if you're actually doing that. How many of you who have taught would say that you reference current events one time a day? Okay, now we've got some more hands here. So it's more the integrated approach. It's as it comes up and as it applies or whatever. Um, okay, that's good. Uh, five times a day? Don't know? Okay. Uh, it sounds like maybe we could, we could work on this a little bit here. So I've given you a bit of a handout there. And uh, what I'd like to do is spend some time here just sharing a couple of things with you that you probably already know. Uh, and then hopefully have some space here to, to uh, talk about, to hear from you. So on your first um, uh, slide there, I, here's, a, here's a teacher maxim for you. Form and frequency follows function. Uh, that would, it's, it's true of any class, uh, any subject that you're teaching. Form and frequency follows function. So you might just remember that as a general teacher's rule to go by. And I'm applying it here to current events and how we would go about teaching uh, current events. So what do I mean here, form or what form would it take? Most of you raised your hand on some form of integration. Okay, uh, that's a form. That's how you're doing it. Frequency, the number of times that you actually are going to reference current events uh, probably has something to do with function. <clears throat> okay, so the, the big question that I would raise for you as you walk into your classroom this year is, well, what, what do you want to accomplish with current events? What's your goal? Because that's what determines form and function. And, and again, you can apply this to, to other areas of classroom teaching as well. Uh, it, it's ask yourself the question, what do I want to get done here? Uh, what's my purpose? Then start thinking about the form and the frequency uh, by, worth, by which you will, or you know, form and frequency and how it fits into that function. So here's just a couple of them. Some form scheduled, uh, one hour per week includes a quiz. <laughs> uh, those of you who've had me for principles of teaching, rule is to be sure an event will happen. Schedule it. Schedule it. <laughs> Thank you. To be sure an event will happen, schedule it. Um, integration is great. Uh, that's probably what I do more than any any other one. Just exactly what most of you were saying. Uh, and, but. Lots and lots and lots of gaps appear if one is just doing integration on the fly. Okay. As I think of it. <laughs> uh, if it's not planned a bit or actually thought about, uh, a lot of gaps there. Actually, the best years that I had in teaching current events was at Anchor Christian School within the first five years of my teaching career. There we had an actual scheduled period of time in which we focused on current events. It was actually an entire high school assembly. John D. Martin was the, the principal there, and I was a teacher, and he had me do this. Uh, they used to have this, uh, this uh, program, that it was called News, mm, News of the Week, I think. It had six articles on it, um, and it had uh, uh, printouts that you could do. That was back before the days that we were using computers a whole lot, but they, they had printed pages they sent along with us that you then could copy and give to the students. Uh, they had quizzes and such like. So we actually, at the end of the week on Friday, we would do cleanup. And after cleanup, the whole, the, the entire high school, this is normally about 50 students, would get together and I would give them a lecture on current events. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my! And I have such fun with current events. So, so it was a kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, we would do that, and then we had a quiz. Uh, but the, the quiz, would, it, this was actually uh, structured enough that the quiz was on last week's discussion. Okay, so here was the discussion, here was the information, here's a quiz coming up. And so we had a lecture on Friday, we had a quiz on Friday, and this was, it was scheduled that way. I think the students, at least I did, better with current events in terms of actually trying to communicate something of substance to the students in those years of doing it that way than I have since. I, I would just have to say that that was the case. I would argue if you have space in a schedule, I, I would suggest you actually consider a scheduled place where you do this. Now this was for the entire high school, but I'm not quite so sure if I would do that because I was always stumbling around trying to find that space between a seventh grader and a twelfth grader uh, as to how to really focus. Uh, but maybe in a classroom somewhere, actually schedule it. You'll have a good chance of it happening. Of course, it can happen daily, 10 minutes at the beginning of the day. I think Mr. Coons over here does some of that. Uh, just, uh, you know, he has, opens with prayer uh, and uh, a bit of a devotional and then just uh, what's happening in the day and, and maybe a little bit of reference to, a, uh, to an event. That's good or integrated with history, geography, economics, uh, or other. Back to my point on integration. Integration is great, but without thoughtfulness, I doubt it'll happen. <coughs> okay, what do I mean by thoughtfulness? I, without knowing, but I think I'd be accurate on this, most of you are spending all the time you have to prepare, just to prepare for other things without thinking about current events. But what I'm hitting on all eight cylinders, which is not all that often, but what I am, <laughs> um, <clears throat> or four, I guess, today, or whatever it is. <laughs> Back in my day, it was all eight running, you know, got you get the 300 horsepower out there and all that stuff. But, so now hitting on all eight cylinders, well, the, the, uh, I, I would actually give it some thought. So I'm doing my preparation, right? Uh, and I'm finished with preparation for, let's say, history class, or at least I'm quitting for right now. But I stop for just a moment and say, look, now what's, what's in the news that's, that's pertinent here? Uh, at least raise the question in your mind if you're doing integration. Okay. Uh, even math, you could just maybe spend a minute asking yourself what's in the news that might be pertinent here. Uh, and uh, pretty often you'll find at least one or two things for the day that you can, you've thought of ahead of time. This should apply right here. Of course, if you're in power politics today, you have a whole trove of stuff <laughs> to work on the day in and day out. I don't know why I laugh, I ought to cry, but anyway, that's the way it is. Uh, so, uh, fascinating. Uh, other forms here. Do uh, you have some here to add to this? I'm not trying to cover them all. I'm basically saying, well, here's a few. Mine's uh, informal, basically. Uh -huh. Every day, 20% of my students get up to the front and they give some news. Now, they don't all have the internet and they don't all get a daily newspaper and some of them are low German backgrounds so they don't, get a, don't read English a whole lot. Sure. So, so it could be family things or community uh -huh. or accidents or it could be world news. So. It's, it's partly to get them to the front, speaking in front of the group and feeling more comfortable. Excellent. Did you hear his purpose in there, his indirect purpose, but a very good one to get the students up front talking? Uh, wonderful. Didn't put that form in here, but you can't, you, uh, that was good, really good. Have assigned students to share something. I know every, every, five rows in my classroom, so Monday it's row one. So. Uh -huh. And sometimes if I know that, well, it can even be a, a, a little um, report on the sermon the previous time. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. And each student has a minute? Whatever. Whatever time it takes. Uh-huh. And sometimes I'll have, I'll have a news clipping that I'll put up on my desk that they can look at if they don't have anything else. Excellent. Maximize the moment. Sounds like, yeah, you can tell Howard's been in the saddle here for a while, so. Uh, <laughs> I uh, really love it. Who else? Okay. 
Yeah, frequency, my main point here is regularity and consistency will, will help you. Every morning, or did you say every morning? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Students know it's coming up, they're planning for it, so forth and so on. Uh, so however you do it, I would put that one, if integrated, keep record of discussions, might be helpful. Just a little note uh, that uh, talked about so-and-so. Uh, okay. Now, I bouncing off of form and frequency follow function uh, or purpose, uh, the next slide there is about uh, creating a purpose statement. So I would really, really urge you this year, right, right at the beginning of the year, just ask yourself the question, how am I going to use current events in my seventh grade class or my fourth grade class or even my first grade class? How am I going to do that? And what, what, do, I, what do I want to accomplish? What's my intention? Because some of this can be very class specific. I don't teach a homeroom anymore, but uh, when I did teach a homeroom, I, I, you all know if, you, you, if you've done this, that you, every year there's a different set of students and they bring a different set of issues. Uh, you, there might be a few things that you want to correct. You heard Howard here talking about uh, some of his students are probably from the old order background uh, and, and uh, they bring a, a certain dynamic. Uh, one of his purposes is get them up front speaking in English to the class. <laughs> okay, well, fantastic. Uh, but think about it, what is my purpose? What do I actually want to accomplish this year? I'll give you a few here. To, to stimulate an interest in, and I left the blank here because missions? Um, I'll just give that as one, maybe even a specific mission. Maybe Africa? That's not particularly a mission, but a continent? Uh, but, but what? Is there something that I would really like to focus on? See, that helps you to, to, to sort through the news right to begin with. If, if you know, oh, here's my purpose, here's where I'm pushing toward, uh, and then you know that you don't have to look at all this stuff. You can just get a couple of the pieces together, and oh, okay, there's something on, on South Africa or whatever, and I'll pull that right in here and, and, and use it, you know. To develop skills of discernment. I underscore this at 15 times because this is desperately, desperately, desperately needed. Uh, if you can help students to sort through, and again, I'm sorry that Donald Trump has made fake news popular, but the truth of the matter is all these years, there has been a lot of stuff put out there that just, I don't know if it's so inaccurate as is it lets so much on said that, that it turns out that you can interpret it very inaccurately. Uh, so the result is a tremendous lack of discernment, I, from what I can tell. Some of our adult people, and I'll get off on this a little bit later on, a little more than I want to, but some of the adult Mennonite men that I know are listening to the wrong news sources and are very biased and very off off the track <laughs> uh, and it's I, boy help your students to get past that okay that, that they really uh, that's so discernment and I have more to say about that a little bit later on a third here to aid in teaching geography or economics that might be a particular purpose I mentioned the the structured class that I taught back there at Anchor Christian School in this uh, that was a big part of it I, I really those quizzes very very often had something probably 60% of it was geography. Why a seventh grader, a 10th grader, an 11th grader, all of them, could, that was quite relevant in every respect and is a buildup of knowledge and information that is useful downstream. Okay, so uh, again, just ask yourself that question and then direct it, direct your accumulation of news stories or current events and, and move them forward from there. Uh, to, to indirectly affect media habits. That's a little bit related to what I just got done saying, but uh, I now have more to say about that here in a few moments. To teach civics, perhaps. Uh, yeah, so, now, seriously, with the Donald Trump era, we're seeing an entire different approach to civics here in America. Uh, it's, a, it's a civics of chaos from what I can tell. And, and uh, some people think it's a brilliant chaos and some people think it's a foolish chaos. And, uh, but it is chaos from what I can tell. <laughs> okay, well, it's a, 
you don't want to spend all your time with it, but it's a, a, a great uh, teaching moment to ask yourself, so why is Donald Trump leading the nation? Why is he using the office of the presidency in the way he is? Okay. Uh, without being, without being imp improperly derogatory toward a political official and so forth and so on, but still raising the questions. To offer soft exposure to pop culture, what do I mean by that? Well, I think most of us have concern about, uh, well, at least I'm old enough to have concern about how much exposure my grandchildren have, but I'm not stupid. They need some. Uh, they have to have an awareness. I, if you're a parent here, uh, one of the goals that Sheila and I always worked at was it, it actually deliberate planned exposure. Okay. Uh, so, so in other words, I would rather not just let it happen. I would rather actually choose the moments and choose the platform uh, where the exposure to pop culture is actually going to happen. Well, here's a good place. What's, what do you mean by pop culture? What are some examples? Uh, okay, well, if you go on Google News, which maybe you don't, but if you look at Google News, you get down through the list, and they have, they have entertainment. They have a category of entertainment. entertainment. Uh, it's all of the Hollywood people and, and the popular songs and this and that and the other thing. Well. I, I spend very, very little time there, for sure. But if you wanted to just point at a couple of things now and then, you could in pop culture. Uh, but it's not just not just stuck there. It's what's what's the terminology today? Back in my day, I've, it was what's groovy. Today, it's cool, and I don't know what other terminology is. But those terms, you know, you get at the pieces of pop culture that matter to most people. Uh, to give students a working vocabulary of relevant terms for the times. I, you know, one of the easiest ways to, to prepare and teach current events is to focus on vocabulary. I just simply look at the news and choose out uh, 10 words, five words, four words <laughs> uh, that are relatively, I don't know, they're either not understood well or they, they, they need a little, a little, uh, Development, uh, just to use those four vocabulary words, those five vocabulary words, you can quiz them easily, you can talk about them easily. Uh, so rather than try really hard to get this really, really, really deep insight into this piece of news, we'll just pick out some, some words that are, that are applicable. Uh, I mean, Keyshawn knows words out there on the street I never even heard of, but did you? now and then you'll see a pop, in, a pop up in a, uh, uh, a uh, uh, news article, so what's that mean? <laughs> Trace it down a little bit and, and use that. Just ask the students, do you know what, have you ever heard this? You know, put the term out there and, and then work on it a little bit. Uh, there are many, many others here and we could push the pause button here and have you talk a little bit, but my main point is, if you want to get somewhere with current events this year, think about a purpose. What, what is it that you want to do? And that'll give you a little focus in terms of where you go with it. Now, sources uh, is probably a question that might come up in your mind. So, but what are your sources? I, I'm going to talk a little bit, and then I'm actually I'm going to ask you. So, what news sources do you use? Here's just a couple guidelines: Is the source credible, and do they have integrity? I referenced some of my adult. Mennonite brothers who, uh, they start, did you know such and such and such and fill in the blank and no, I didn't know that, but I am wondering where in the world did you get that info? <laughs> where did that information come from because it, something sounds wacko to me. I had a friend here one time and he was telling me how that the government was poisoning the wells and so forth and so on. And, well, they might be, I don't know, but uh, not that I know of. <laughs> Apparently, if I drank it, I'm still, I, I, I must be immune to the poison. You know, I don't know but what the deal is here, but he's telling me that. And I finally said to him, he said, would, would you watch a video? Well, I said, uh, sure. So he gave me the video, and I watched this thing, and I picked it apart, and uh, gave my opinion of the video, and I won't go into the details on that. But in the end, I said, well, sir, tell you what. Find me one of those wells. 
And I did. You have my word. If you call me and if I'm at all available, I'll leave immediately what I'm doing and I will join you. And I want to go to that well that is poison. I want to see. Well, he never called. <laughs> it is incredible. Does it have integrity? In what ways is the source biased? Notice I do not suggest here of saying, is it biased? Because it is. A, some of you are in CLP. A CLP printing is going to be biased. I hope in a good direction. But I'm just saying, every, when I write, I have a bias, I know it. <laughs> uh, okay, and I'm going, to, I'm going to tend, that means I will almost automatically emphasize certain things and ignore some other things. Okay, now, it's good to know that up front, since I know that, and I can sort of tell you what my biases generally are. And since if you know your biases, and if you will commit them, I mean, confess them and admit them, you're much better suited to, to balance it off when you're writing or when you're talking or whatever, because you know, I'm biased that way. Okay, well, just know that there's bias here. And it's a good idea to know what direction. And we'll take a look at an example or so here in just a moment. Does the source provide adequate context I have really, really, really become wary of blurbs and tweets. <laughs> uh, I don't do the Twitter thing, but of course in the news you always read about so and that Donald Trump again has really popularized the, uh, the tweet thing and all of that kind of stuff that goes along with that. Just very, very, very wary of this very short paragraph. That's, that gives this piece of news or says such and such and such. It gives no context. And it's like, well, <laughs> uh, okay, so what does that mean? Uh, okay, and fourth, does the source adequately and accurately interpret data? Let me give you an example of what I mean here. So, um, I, I, I've had Crohn's disease. You probably have heard of that along the line. It's a, it's, a, it's a bowel disorder. Thankfully, the Lord delivered me from it, and I'm healthy today. But uh, you might probably know people, or maybe you've even had some difficulty. Some problem. Anyway, the data says, uh, when, when you, there's certain data will say, well, you have 50% better ch a chance of having uh, getting colon cancer uh, than others. Well, that number is, is uh, I forget how that thing is calculated, but it's, uh, it's not really not nearly that high, even though it is higher. I have a better chance of getting colon cancer than others. Turns out to be about a 15% chance rather than a 50% chance, but it depends on how you accumulate the numbers of what group you're, you're, what group you're thinking about. Is it the overall population? Is it just people 50 and older? Is it that, who are we talking about? Be very, very wary, wary of data that just comes at you. I mean, the popular one right now is selling coffee. You know, if you drink four cups of coffee, that you, you'll live, I don't know, five years longer or something like that. Well, that's not what I was told over the years. I have, Howard, I have lived long enough, to, and you have to, to see that some of this change so often that it's like, well, I, I'll, I become cynical, I'll just admit. Okay, when, when I see it, I say, well, give it five years, <laughs> and, and that, that thing will change, uh, and so on, so forth, and so on. But let me say a little bit more about that. I'm going to talk about the sources I use and why I use it. I'm just doing that to try to save some time, okay? Then I want to hear from you. The first, if you're talking about media, I'll actually risk it here, and this is almost always what I'm going to do with, uh, see if I can escape here for a moment and go here. This, this would be my almost always my daily habit. I have a connection here, I don't know if I do. Let me see. No, it's not going to come up the way it looks like to me because I don't have enough uh, connectivity here. Oh, there it is. That's my home page right there, ref desk. And I'll tell you here in just a moment why I use it. If it'll come up here, let me see if I can find a little better place. Where do I need to go, Lucas, to find it? 
uh, really doesn't matter, I guess. Except that I was just wanting to sh show you why I go here. You can see right here a list. On RefDesk, this list right here is a news feed. Uh, it's, uh, but you can choose AP or UPI or uh, or BBC or just about all of them are listed USA Today and all of those there. Uh, okay. I do not want to get embroiled in just uh, just on and on and on. So I just look at the newsfeed. You can see the bias right uh, immediately. So I just punch on AP. Just it takes me ten seconds to look at the the, the headlines. Oh, there it came up. So now you can see, there's UPI. Okay. So I'm going right down this list right here. CBS hires two firms. Turkey demands it. Blah 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 blah. Okay. I I am not looking at each one of those. In fact, I probably am not going to look at any of them. It's in the morning. I'm just going to do that now. If I go up here to this site, there you can see a, a whole list that comes up. It's just going to give you exactly the same thing. So here's NPR, for example. Okay, and it gives its list. Okay, so all I'm doing here is I, I'm just getting a feel. So I, honestly, I'm going to be right there for about one minute in the morning. Checking down through there, and if I if I have in mind my goal, I'm teaching history, right? And there's so today, whatever it might be, something let's say in Ukraine, <laughs> I might be a little focused in that section of the world, and I could very quickly see if there's anything pertinent just by just looking at the headlines, not getting stuck in anything, uh, and so on. Uh, they have the major news feeds down here too. Oh, here's one I always like to show. If you're talking economics, you can always do the debt clock, you know. It's just in case you're wondering, that's the U.S. national debt up there uh, in the upper left-hand corner just taken away. You can see how fast it's going up there. Uh, we're at 21 trillion, 300 whatever, and the numbers are just going like uh, up like you wouldn't believe. Just be glad you live in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> But it's an economic lesson. By the way, there's lots of stuff on there. Right? That real fast, you can see how much you owe yourself if you take the time. I'm not, not my point here, but there's your economics. Fresh news right off the press. Numbers ticking away. <laughs> okay, enough said there. But my point is, as far as electronic media is concerned, it's not my major, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. Almost all of those articles are not going to have very much context to begin with. Even if I did click on them now. So here I have these, I looked over these, I don't know, 25, 30 different headlines or whatever. And if there is one of them that, that interests me and I punch on that thing, I'm going to get a relatively short article. Uh, I, and it's, it's going to be abbreviated because it's, it's intended to be that way. Uh, they know that they're going to get more readers reading it if it's just short and barbing than if it's full art. Okay? So, um, so for that reason, I don't spend a lot of time there. I'm not going to get hard on people who do, uh, but I would just urge you to consider the fact that um, let me go back here. Let me get my slideshow back up here. Uh, yeah, I would urge you to consider text. Uh, here's a different uh, magazine that I, I use periodically. Here's The Atlantic. The Atlantic, I know it's a little bit of a literary thing, but they're much longer articles. Much more context there. Much more space for me just to stop and say, oh, okay. So here it says this article is, I, I haven't read this, but it's A Broken Office. And it's about uh, Donald Trump. And it's going, I'm sure it's going to be talking about it, you know, what's going on there. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and how to fix it. I'm going to read that one. <laughs> uh, much more in depth. You're going to get a far more, still a bias, for sure, okay? But still, much, much more in, information. Here's The Economist. I read that one periodically. Here's National Review. Bias, what direction? 
right? Right, you got it. Uh, clearly, the, you're going to get uh, uh, at least center right, with not a little bit farther than center right, I would say. So, recognize the picture on the outside? This one's going to get my attention right off. Anybody recognize the, the, the person on the outside? That's Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who wrote uh, the, the, the uh, Gulag Archipelago. Okay. Uh, a Russian dissident, and it says, My Harvard speech in retrospect. So he's in this magazine, he's going to reflect on the speech he gave at Harvard that brought him into the limelight. Uh, okay, in the West. I'm going to read it. <laughs> uh, okay, it's, it's, it's substance. Okay, not just fluff. There's some, you can see I'm more text based than I am a whole lot of other things, okay? Here's the Mennonite, just to keep in, these are all, I would not buy all these, believe me, I wouldn't, but they happen to be over here in our library, so it's, it's kind of nice. So, so uh, you can uh, see what the larger Mennonite community is thinking about. How do I treat this one? Uh, I'm gonna go like this normally, walk over into the library, pull it out. Uh, go in here, look, okay, so a strong and generous woman, a daily price, I have my limits. Must Antifa bear, Antifa bear the cross alone when confession is clean, huh? And I'm going to start leaping through here like this. Doesn't mean that I think it's not worth anything. It's like, uh, okay, maybe five minutes. And uh, very likely I'm going to put it back on the shelf. And, uh, but there might be a piece in there that I'm going to look at, okay? Uh, here's a Mennonite Weekly Review. My point here is don't forget current events is not all about Donald Trump and, and uh, Putin and the rest of the gang, okay? It's a whole lot more affecting you in a very local way that you should pay attention to. And it uh, gives you a little, a little space here. Here's Christian history. Uh, of course, uh, I'm an historian, so or I care about history, so obviously uh, this is not current news. Sometimes they have some in here. Well, you know, we have Christianity Today over there. I forgot to bring it over. That's another one I'd leave through at least to sort of get a feel for what, what's, uh, what they're thinking about. So I use this one. Um, biblical archaeology, oh, I don't know, once a month. I'd look at it just a little bit, see what they're thinking. Uh, here's one, if you really want heavy, heavy reading, is vital speeches. <clears throat> but why do I use this one? Well, they're forever in the news quoting one sentence out of somebody's speech. The whole speech is in here. The, if they, <coughs> it's in here. <laughs> okay, they, 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 they printed just exactly the way the person spoke it. And the end, so here, George W. Bush, we need to recall and recover our own identity. Uh, that, that speech will never be in the headlines. This is George W. Bush today giving a full speech on how he sees the world as it is today, okay? But that's the kind of thing I like to read. Uh, Donald Trump, time to liberate our communities from this scourge of drug addiction. I don't know if I'll read that one or not. Uh, ah, Henry Kaufman. Financial tectonic shifts, past, present, and future. Just a Kaufman name right there is gonna just uh, intrigue me just a little bit, okay? So, who that is. <laughs> Great, but it's content. There's an awful lot of really, really, really solid stuff there. I push you, push you that direction. Uh, there are other ones that I look at, but I want you, that might look like I'm doing a lot of reading. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Not really. I'm just scanning an awful lot of stuff, just very, very quickly to see what's there. I'm going to choose with some deliberation the, the stuff I'm going to really dig into and dive into, and I, it, it has to be substantive. Uh, to do that. Okay, your comments here, sources. What do you, what do you the budget? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like, um, Albert Moeller has a uh -huh. daily podcast Monday through Friday called The Briefing. Um, okay. Just a quick 20 minute roundup of important events. I'm just curious, Albert Moeller, how many of you recognize the name? Okay, see a couple of you. Biased in what direction? Uh, definitely right. Definitely right, but I, I like him too. Uh, 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 if he writes, it's going to be credible. If he speaks, it's going to be credible. Good. Somebody else? for that podcast? The briefing. The briefing. Mm -hmm. 
he does a lot of writing. Uh, you, you have different magazines, different places. You'll, you'll, you'll see stuff by Albert Muller. Others? Uh, another uh, podcast. This is a little more heavy duty. Usually has like hour long shows, so again, you're not really going to be able to yeah, yeah. scan. But you can scan the title of the blog. Sure. Uh, our podcast, uh, Dan Carlin's Common Sense. Dan Carlin's Common uh, Sense. I'm not familiar with it, but fairly centrist, I think. Uh huh. <laughs> so. Uh -huh. I'm glad he's thinking about that. Do, do, do you hear what I'm uh, pushing at just real quickly to say, okay, so, so what direction is, what are we going to hear here? So if you pick up the Time magazine, bias is left. Okay, very definitely would be left. A little over center left maybe, but you know, those are the kinds of things that some of you might not be familiar with those terms. Left means liberal, and right means conservative. But those terms need a lot of definition, too, but we'll just let them lay for now. <laughs> All right, very good. Need to move on here. Um, points to consider. Shun sensationalism, embrace substance. I've been talking to you about that. Don't forget something. The news people have a product. They're making money from it. They have a product that they want to promote, they want to sell it to you to begin with, uh, and then second of all, they certainly have an agenda. Uh, and I'm already admitting to you that, well, I would have an agenda too. If I, if I were a news writer and had owned a newspaper, you bet my agenda would show up in that paper. <laughs> so I'm not faulting them for that. I'm just saying, well, they're going to have it. And be aware of it. Okay. And the sensationalism, of course, is the seller. <laughs> the, one of the worst was, and these tabloids, of course, just are downright laughable. But I was walking through a uh, store and saw this uh, lady eats um, cat food for eight years and turns into a cat. And I'm like, who would believe that? <laughs> But it's so sensational, I didn't buy it, but it was kind of like I was almost tempted to buy the thing to read. Now, that has to be some ridiculous, foolish thing, you know. Well, sensationalism sells. It intrigues, it draws you in. I'm just resisting. Uh, it's a point here. Push away from image-based info, info pulled toward text-based info. You want to do an interesting study sometimes. Study, and some of you probably have studied this in depth. If you're into photography, if you study imaging deeply, those men and women who are taking those pictures for Google News or whoever it is are very highly trained about how to take a picture to create a certain emotional feel. They are really good at it. Uh, you study up on it just a little bit, and, and, and it, uh, a picture can carry a freight load of stuff that really, it may be true, but it may well not be true as well. Uh, again, just scanning the news, this, uh, the, the Tour de France, uh, the, the guy here from the United States who wrecked and busted up, he said, but he sort of is famous now because he finished the thing because, with a broken scapula shoulder and all that kind of stuff. But you look at the pictures, you think the guy's dying. I mean, why isn't he headed to the hospital? Well, it's right after the accident, and there's blood all over his face and terrible-looking thing. Well, it does kind of arouse your sympathy a little bit, you know, and a few things like that. Uh, beware of image-based stuff. It's a point. They are deliberately chosen to create a certain story. Uh, and, I, again, I'm not saying that it's all bad. I'm just saying that it clearly can convey something that other things do not take time to read the other side of the story. Now, that is, that's a point to be made on the bias, since I know that every article I read has a certain bias to it. Particularly on something very critical, I might pick up a magazine or something, that, an article on the same issue, but from a different perspective. From the left side instead of the right side. Well, what do they say about it? What is, our, what is there actually their view? Uh, this obviously calls for some maturity. I would not, I would not 
say that you should take that kind of thing, give it to an eighth grader, say, here, could you read this article and read this article, and, and uh, it makes some sense. You might do that if your goal is for discernment, but you still would want to choose that. It's very careful. So, so what stories are you using here, or what accounts, and why are you using them? And, and you, you don't want to do damage here, but you, but you do want to help them to see the, the value here. And do not be consumed by news. Uh, you're looking at a person here be so, I, I can be consumed by news very easily. It, it, it takes, for me, I have to deliberately choose. Uh, you see all these magazines that I like to read in uh, and, and uh, like to look at the news and I, I'm just naturally curious about such things, but I curb it. <laughs> I tried to direct it into, into uh, I don't know, some good channels. And if you can pass that along to your students. Or try to help them to think in those, in those terms. Okay, just about out of time here. We have a couple of minutes. Maybe you have some questions or a couple of, well, I did get to the end here, didn't I? Yep. Uh, questions or comments? Yes. Does anybody have good science-related news sources? Uh-huh. Science-related uh, news sources. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think about it. We have uh, another, a number of magazines over here. Uh, what do, 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 do Keyshawn Land, did somebody help me on here? What do we have over here? We have a couple of uh, uh, National Geographic we have over here. Here's the thing. National Geographic is clearly secular, very, very secular. But from their context, they're very credible. Okay, so when I say they're credible, of course, much of it I disagree with. Uh, uh, but in terms of reporting from their perspective, uh, you can count on from their perspective, they're reporting it as accuracy. That would be one. I, I, you saw this archaeology one here, biblical archaeology. This would be a science, but it's, it's, it's a narrow uh, discipline in science. Is geography popular mechanics here? Uh, you know, I don't think it is, but uh, something like that would be. I'd have to go over here and look. I'm sorry, I can't uh, come up with a couple of really good ones here right now, but uh, we do have creation, I think we have over here. If I come to think of it. Um, how much, in the discernment part, how much do you allow your students to give their opinions on articles or? From my perspective, it depends a little bit on the age group, but uh, it's part, I think 11th and 12th graders should, they should learn to express their opinion, again, in an atmosphere and in a place where I, I'm not even necessarily correcting them, but I'm certainly guiding the discussion a little bit, but I think a good thing, now personally. Now, do you have a comment on how you would guide, you encourage students to get past the Rush on love and I'm adding, Name there. Yep, sure. How do you do that respectfully when the grandpa has conspiracy theories and the father? <laughs> Wonderful question. Did you hear the question? So uh, we, we put a name on the floor here, so I let him on the floor. So Rush Limbaugh and, and uh, Grandpa Lehman really likes Rush Limbaugh and listens to him every day and quotes him as if he's the 13th apostle. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm stretching it there a little bit. Uh, this would be my comment on that. Uh, uh, questions? Oh, really? Well, I never knew that. Did you check that out to see if that really is true? Uh, and not, not in an accusing manner, but more in the sense of, of uh, you know, I said, well, well, wait a minute, is that, is that really true? Um, and boy, does that sound, uh, well, it sounds far-fetched to me, but maybe you're right. Get my computer out, pull it up, look a little bit, and see if that really is true. I, I, certainly not a frontal attack. I, I, I don't see how that would be helpful. Maybe other comments on that? Are you familiar with plain news? Uh-huh. Some of my students have that, so I sure. have that also, and that, that sometimes allows me to search uh -huh. more depth with the 
Some of that would have to do with some science. Plain news. Uh-huh. I did P-L-A-I-N news. Oh. Uh, who's the publisher there? I forget. That's right. Yep. Good. So um, current events for our class happens during history class. Uh -huh. um, how do we, um, and one of the ways to try to combat cynicism is by celebrating culture and not just looking at, because we say Latin American history and uh, what's happening in Latin America, Nicaragua, and Venezuela isn't, it typically isn't very good. And although there's a lot of culture to be celebrated, that's why we study what we study. We don't study to talk about riots every day and to talk sure. about overthrowing governments, although that's part of it. Um, are there new sources that are, this is a pretty naive question, um, more positive than negative um, that that, that sort of, not pride themselves, but are more focused on um, cultural things, um, context, other than political unrest and um, all of the bad that's happening in the country itself. Fantastic question there, Keyshawn. I'm glad you raised it. Um, how do you keep the, this discussion of current events from being just negative, 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 negative? Uh, there actually are sources on that ref desk site I should have shown this to you. If you go down just a little bit, there's a, there's a uh, on that right-hand side, sort of under that, it says positive news. And on there, the only articles that are on there <laughs> are good news. Now, remember, just one, for example, uh, and I was blessed by this. They weren't even Christians, but somebody bought a, a sofa, mind you, at a, uh, at a thrift store, and the thing had $40,000 in tucked away in, uh, down, in the, down in the thing. And... Uh, and these were three young men, mind you, who lived together in an apartment. And uh, they, they were so, uh, they're like, wow. They went back to the thrift store, mind you. And uh, they, they, had, they asked the people there, said, do you have any idea who brought this sofa in? And they, they actually worked and found out who it was. And here was an old lady, uh, a grandma who was... Uh, not uh, doing so well and ready to get rid of all of her stuff. And her, her, don't you know, her children walked off with that sofa before and took it to the thrift store before she realized what was happening. They had no idea what became of it. Great piece of news to talk to students about. So excellent question. Uh, there are sources. Clearly, you have to look for them. Our news people do not thrive on that kind of story. <laughs> but uh, thank you. And, and let's be sure to bring those positive pieces in there and talk about them. Often and just just a word of caution. I don't speak from tons of experience, but I found that local news when I'm at my mom's house to visit her mm -hmm. is 95% completely negative. This person murdered this person. This uh -huh. person got shot. Mudslide, rock slide, and there's one special the last five minutes that's about the community. Um, so local doesn't necessarily always mean positive or there you go. or useful. Yep. There you go. Thank you. Very helpful. Others, we, uh, it's 11 o'clock, we have another meeting, right? No, you, have, you go to 11 and there's a 15 minute break. Okay, so I still have, I wasn't sure if I was out of time here yet. Very good. Who else with a uh, question, comment here? I, uh, I'm too broke or I, I don't feel like affording it right now, The Economist. Uh -huh. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, uh, I mean, it's from, from British perspectives, so I think they're kind of a little bit removed. Uh, relatively centrist, I think. Um, uh -huh. I think. I think economically, anyway, they'd be even somewhat conservative. I think maybe social-wise, they'd be uh -huh. what we consider left. But uh, but um, a great perspective. And then I, I think from Pichon's perspective, I, I, again, I haven't read enough for a while. I used to get them, but uh, they do a lot. Like they do like world news coverage, and it's some negative stuff, but it's also some really cool positive stuff, and just kind of in-depth articles about a cultural issue that you're just not going to hear about. The, the, it's pretty good stuff. Thank you for saying so. Okay. He's, you're talking about this magazine, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The title... Cheap, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I, that's I, why I got it from the library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, con the uh, title throws you off. It sounds like it's just about the, the econo economics, but it's not. It's, it, it, uh, it's rich. It's good. I don't want to over-promote it, but you would find it exactly like you described it. Mm -hmm. Who else? You talked a little bit about guided exposure to pop culture yep. and things like that. 
Could you give a practical example of cool. maybe your purposes for doing that? Yeah, and, and purposes for doing yeah. that. Oh boy, can I give an example? <clears throat> I'm pretty conservative. And so probably my examples would feel like not not even soft exposure. <laughs> but uh, I, maybe I just reference our 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 family. Uh, so there are some events that we would have gone to in our lifetime or in our experience when our children were growing up uh, that were one-time experiences. And I would have told them to, right from the beginning, yeah, well, okay, we're going here, maybe to a concert or something. Uh, we're going to this concert not because I approve of this so much as I want you to get a feel for what actually happens here. So we have a discussion going into the experience and we had discussions coming out of the experience. And they were not multitudinous. It's not, I'm not talking about every week. Okay, that's just on a practical level. On the news level, um, I, yeah, family on a family side, that was table talk always, always table talk. So he was saying, "Kyle, did you read that article, or are you aware of what happened uh, with?" Okay, he's into running, so you're doing some long distance running. So did you read that article about uh, such and such and such? Uh, I, I, I didn't read it, but I was wondering what was in it. So we get a little discussion here, and well, what do you think about that? Uh, but, so soft exposure, a lot of, for me, means getting <laughs> awareness without damage. Okay, so I did, I'm struggling here for really good examples of how I would make that. Maybe somebody has one you could use. And I think the, the question is hard to answer is because it is obviously it's so specific to situations. So it depends on my classroom. Yeah, that sometimes if I would have maybe have the the, the, uh, the structure of the classroom itself would say, uh, okay, <laughs> watch what you do with opening that door or this door or the other door. Um, but I would encourage you to ask yourself this question. What do my students need to know, or what should they know about subject A? Let's say rock music, just or whatever. Uh, what should they know about it? Uh, and sometimes just a bit of exposure there is is helpful. Hope I'm not on too thin a vice there, but that's what I'll see. Yes. Uh, would that be kind of like uh, so? One morning uh, during devotion time. We were talking about the importance of having godly music, uh, exposure to godly music. Sure. And I just, I told him while I don't listen to this kind of stuff, I found a song on YouTube music or whatever that was totally ungodly. Sure. And just let them listen to that for 30 seconds. Uh-huh. And it was just, give them the feel, and a lot of them, I asked them, so, how would you feel? And a lot of it, the response that I got was very negative. You know, they, they got to have a little bit of a taste of the ungodliness in, in that kind of music environment. I don't make a practice of doing it all the time, but that was just one, one time that I felt like it was a practical teaching tip to help them feel the, the wrong exposure. Mm -hmm. yep. we, we actually had a teacher in our school, her, her children were not allowed to listen to music like that either, but she noticed that some of the friends were. Sure. And it was contemporary Christian, whatever, right? Sure. And her son had started being pushed aside, like sort of bully. And he had gotten kind of, he went into a shell kind of at home, like he wouldn't uh -huh. talk anymore, whatever, so she, they sat down with him and asked him like, what, what was wrong? And it came out that it was the music thing, like it was huh. big amongst the teenagers, sure. right? Everybody's talking about it, and he's not allowed, so now he's pointed out in group, right? Sure. So she um, looked up some songs, too, and let him listen to it, and she's like, do you want to listen to this? Do you mind being 
different. Sure. And there you so go. I think there's appropriate. That's soft exposure right there. Yeah. It's good. Somebody else? Looks like it's time to close. Uh, I appreciate you uh, coming and uh, sharing here a bit. And I really encourage you to put thoughtfulness into how you can get mileage out of uh, current events going into your classroom. Have a good day. God bless you. This recording and many others are available through Christian Learning Resource, the campus bookstore at Faith Builders. Order online at www.christianlearning.org or call 877-222-4769.